On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And I tell you, I have been looking forward to having a chat to this man because he not only wrote, produced, directed, he sewed the costumes, he made sure that uh, maybe he was making the coffees for the actors on the set as well. It's a new film called His Only Son, and it's based on uh, one chapter in the Bible, Genesis uh, chapter 22. We're going to talk about that in just a couple of minutes' time, but so so thrilled to be able to have a chat to the man behind it all david welling how are you david oh david helling sorry david i read your name wrong how are you david that's okay i think it, it got caught in your accent maybe that's what it is no but the uh, <laughs> i'm doing all right oh, it's so <laughs> thank funny you for having me on it's a blessing it's always a blessing to be able to talk about the film yeah yeah no it's great david and uh, i do apologize i'd even been practicing make sure i got your name right as i went through and then i just got it wrong in the one moment as well uh david let's talk even before we got to this film because um uh, it, the, the moment and the the topic that you have chosen is such an interesting one you know we know that there's a lot of people who listen to us here uh on the radio who have a, a very strong christian belief they're in church every week and some who maybe have never ever gone to church in their life so um, the, the movie itself is around one incident around uh, a guy by the name of Abraham and his son Isaac. Could you just tell us what that story is first, perhaps in your own words, and then we'll talk about why you decided to make this the film. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, so the account is all, like you said, Genesis 22. And really the film actually covers more than just what you see in that one chapter. It covers uh, a lot of the backstory of Abraham as well and how he journeyed to have that son. But what we see in Genesis 22 is the Lord telling Abraham to take his son, his only son, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and there offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which the Lord would tell him. So that's a very striking, like you're faced with this one. Previously in Abraham's life, you follow him and his wife for decades, waiting on this son of promise that they were they were promised to have um, for for in 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 really the Lord waited until it was about uh, until after his wife Sarah was in old age and postmenopausal and then at this time uh, then the Lord gave Abraham this son uh, but then after he gives him this son he says now you must sacrifice him and so it's a very stark account and my reason for wanting to make that was because i mean and we can get more into my background when it, i mean but i guess i'll just slide into it a little bit my heart is has been since so I, I was a marine in iraq um and uh, and during my time over there my heart uh really got drawn to read the bible for myself because i didn't ever read the bible for myself um and uh, even though i would call myself a christian but as i dove in to the word um it came alive to me, and I wanted to be able to illustrate these accounts you see in Scripture um, to other people so that they would they would it would make sense to them, and they'd be drawn to read the Bible for themselves. And so my journey in that, after I got out of the Marine Corps, started in San Francisco, California, uh, at at film school there, and having conversations with my non-believing friends, my non-Christian friends. This account that we see in Genesis 22 was one of the most hot sticking points uh, over and over again, because it, it, it's hard for people to make sense. Why would God ask a man to do this? What was he doing? Um, and, uh, and so I wanted to make the film for that reason, to be able to explain this to people and show it from Abraham's perspective and, get, and give some insight as to what the Lord was pointing to and asking this man to do this. Yeah, and I think that's fair to just sort of state as well, right? Like we, 
We're talking about um, a story in the Bible where uh, God has said to a man, hey, go and sacrifice your son. Now, if somebody was saying that to us today, we'd be calling the police. We'd be uh, saying, right, Absolutely. there's something wrong yes. with, with, with this guy. We've got it. This is not right. And so so there's, a, there's this reaction that I think we have. And I think that's what I love about what you're trying to, or what you have done with this too, David, is this idea of um, let's not, just sort of veer away from that and go, oh, well, that's just what the Bible says. Um, but actually try and get into there and understand that and and, and be what that is as we, we get, get into it. Before we keep talking a bit more about, about the, the film, and I, w- I want to absolutely talk about a whole host of various things around it, but you did mention that you were a Marine and that this was a, a moment for you. Um, it, it does feel like a bit of a jump for me going from somebody who's a Marine uh, to the next one is, hey, I'm going to do films. Um, there, you, you talked a little bit about that story that, well, you were actually, uh, I think, over in Iraq and, and this was those moments and, and something changed inside. You had, had film always been a part of your life previously or was that sort of a brand new moment and it really was this sort of dramatic life change? Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously I grew up, I mean, <laughs> watching Back to the Future, Back to the Future Part 2, like on repeat, because uh, I couldn't wait to have a flying car and a hoverboard in 2015. Came and went, and it never happened. Uh, I still would love to have a DeLorean, but uh, but they're getting more and more expensive these days. But, no, I mean, I, I had a love for film as a kid, uh, and then even in high school I did a little video tech stuff, and, and I always kind of wanted to be an actor. But then uh, when I went in the Marine Corps, uh, I really didn't have any plans of ever pursuing that, and – it was so I grew up, you know, in a Christian home. I would have called myself a Christian, but it was during my time. By the time I made it to Iraq, when I was 22 years old, by God's grace, I ended up taking my Bible with me, um, and then I got really convicted while I was out there on that I'd call myself a Christian, but I never would read the Bible for myself. And I was convicted over sin in my life as well. And as I dove in, um, it was like. As I saw the depth of just how sinful I actually was and how good and, and, and holy and gracious God was and what he did in sending his son to take my sins and give me his life through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, then that, that, that opened my eyes to not only the truth of the gospel, but the realness of these people in scripture. And it was no longer words on a page. It was like faces on a screen. And I was like, as I was reading the Bible, it was almost like a movie coming to life. And I thought, man, if there are people that are like me, which there's so many that don't read the Bible, don't understand the Bible, don't have a desire to be in the Bible, but they could see that this is actually real people who had real struggles, real hurts that the Lord was using thousands of years ago. And they can, when you can put that before their eyes, then they can fall in love with the word like I did and be drawn to go and read scripture for themselves. Um, and so that was that, that because I, I could see the word as a movie, so to speak, I thought I can make this a movie and just show people like what I'm seeing when I read it. Um, and so that's what, um, that's what sparked that. And over here, you know, in the United States, we have the GI bill. I don't know if, if, if on your side of the world, they have that, uh, it's, it's basically like when you, when you serve for so long in the military, they'll pay for your college. Um, and I was <laughs> after high school, I was kind of done like with school. I was like, oh, I don't want everyone to touch school again. And then I was like, well, I can go to film school and that's not technically real school. I can just make movies. <laughs> so that was also an incentive to go and do that as well. 
Uh, but, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's a little piece of the journey. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love it. And you've certainly then gone on to, to do that. You know, there's a number of short films you've done before you've done this sort of feature film, and, and each of them are, are quite often telling that story exactly as you've described it too, David. It's been your sort of moment, and let's get into this and let's explain that, which is great. Um, as we actually get to then this film, um, uh, you know, I know that this is one of those ones, and then... You know, you, you have it in your mind, I'm sure. You're like, right, okay, it's a film. Maybe could I do it in two years, three years? And, and my understanding with this one is through COVID, through all of what it is, it's been like five years plus. Is that is that about right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for this one in particular. Now, now this was five and a half years, but, but I was doing these short films and stuff like the decade before that. So this yeah. whole biblical filmmaking journey from the moment the Lord got a hold of my heart till now, it's been like a decade and a half. Um, and, uh, but yeah, this film in particular, five and a half year journey, never expected it to be this long, was pretty discouraging in the waiting and waiting and waiting for it to be finished and for it to get out to the world. And then whenever it did come out, you, it's, it's so awesome because I have the privilege of seeing, oh, it was perfect in the Lord's timing. And it came out just at the right time and the way that it's, it's touched so many lives so far and it's continuing to do that um it's just like it's like okay why did i doubt whenever it was taking so long yeah no i love that we want to talk in a couple minutes time a bit about some of that impact so we're going to get there just briefly before we take our first break and and come back with uh, david helling as uh, he's the man behind this uh, incredible film his only son Uh, david my understanding too is and i think you've been incredibly gracious from what I've seen as I've watched and heard different things too is that you know the the studio that's sort of behind the chosen has been working with you around this I think each episode of that's now got a budget of you know over 1 million US dollars and and this entire film was done on 250,000 oh far it's yeah remarkable far more than the yeah 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 and and yet I don't see that yeah. you've ever whinged about it. You've just gone right. Let's get in. Let's do this. Let's let's paint the props myself. Whatever else it might be. I, there's a real testament, I think, to your character in that too. Well, it, that's not a testament to my character. I mean, if anything, you know, character it comes from the Lord. And as far as with the trials He takes you through and building endurance and the in the hardships that you have to go through, and whereas. In all those short films, like you mentioned before, and doing the decades worth of short films, where I went to, I went to San Francisco, and I mean, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, are well, aware, well aware that the biblical filmmaking, I mean, journey to start it in San Francisco, that's not necessarily the 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 first thought where you would think of like, oh, where do I begin a biblical filmmaking journey? Oh, in downtown San Francisco, and and you know, so there wasn't really many other people chomping at the bit to be a part of this of this journey with me in doing these short films. So from the get-go, I had to teach myself how to sew costumes, how to do visual effects and do green screen work to be able to do these biblical period pieces on no money or just the little pocket change that I could scrounge together in my own budget. And as I was doing those things and honing my skills, the Lord was working in me the ability to be able to do his only son on the very, very small budget that was going to be provided for it to be done under. And uh, I thought that, I mean, I was just like, oh, you know, the, each each one was a grind. But you can look back in hindsight and see, ah, the Lord was building this in me to be able to do this particular film that wasn't going to have the financial resources behind it to do it in a typical fashion. And then on top of that, the whole 
COVID era, everything stopped. Everything sh- slowed down. I mean, I lost my corporate work for like a year. And so it's like, you know, you're on unemployment and you're trying to scrounge what you can because all the corporate clients that were actually paying the bills all stopped wanting to shoot video. So that, that then provided me more time to dedicate to doing these little odds and ends that needed to be done for the film. So the Lord's hand in all of it, um, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's, he's always active, but whenever he gives you the, the, the eyes to see like, oh, that's what all this was for. It's just, um, it really elicits praise and, and thanksgiving <laughs> to be able to, to be able to see that. I love it. His only son is the film that David Helling has, as we've said, uh, produced, directed, written, uh, done a whole lot around. We're going to be back with David a bit more to hear some of the impact and dig in a little bit more around uh, the work of this film as well in just a couple of minutes time here on 89.9 The Light. On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. Uh, this new film, His Only Son by David Helling, is uh, just a remarkable film around uh, the story of Abraham, the, the, the father of uh, the, the Jewish, Christian, the, the Muslim faith as well, the patriarch that all of those various faiths look to, um, and this incredible story that is about him offering his son up as a sacrifice before God comes in and says, all right, thank you. I, I see that you were willing to do it. Thank you so much. You're not going to actually have to do that from there. And this moment and, and the backstory to that is what David is talking about. And he joins us from the States at the moment. David, um, as we get more into this story and, and what it is, I, I'm imagining as you, you read it one time, you, as you, you sort of mentioned, you see it in your mind, but then as you sit down to say, right, let's write a whole film about this and ha- what parts of the backstory we're going to put in, what parts of the journey we're going to imagine. You know, it's sort of like one sentence in the Bible. They walked for three days, but you've made the film about that part of it and all the various things that bring it in. Um, how do you go about developing that? Is that something that you just sit and sit and sit with? Is it something you go and you start reading it out to other people and they say, well, what would, what would it have been like if it was like this? How did you actually develop out those aspects to to really let us go on a journey with Abraham? Well, yeah, anytime you want to begin to write anything about Scripture, you you always enter in the same way you enter in any Bible study, and that's through prayer. Um, you know, because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, so seeking Him is how you want to first grasp the right understanding, and you don't want to just presume upon, I'm going to I'm going to stick what I want the narrative to be on top of this and therefore let it be. No, you want to dig into the, to the word of what it says right there in that chapter. You're going to, you're going to illustrate through film, but then what happened before, what happened after, look at the broader context, look at the principles that's being taught in that account and what that points to throughout all the rest of scripture. And is there any place else in scripture that's talking about the same event? Uh, and then you build, okay, now you've got a skeleton built, and you can start to put flesh on that skeleton as you bring it to life through then the archaeological record. What have they discovered about these people at that time over there? The anthropological record, you know, as far as in the, in the culture and what was going on uh, at, at that time. And then you can dig into, um, you know, some, you could dig into traditions as long as it's not contradicting and sticking the bones of that skeleton out of joint. Because, you know, that's what I like to say. It's like, Scripture is the bones, and you can't put the bones out of joint. You put flesh on the bones, and you got to be very particular about what flesh you're putting on it. And you use um, all those elements, like what I had said. So, so building that three-day journey is, okay, where would they have walked? 
the roadway between Beersheba, which is in the south, where is where Abraham lived, up to when he gets up to Moriah, which is where Jerusalem is. Okay, so you look at that route. Where would he have passed? What was going on during that time in that period? What were the other people groups like? What do we see about the other people groups in Scripture? And so then you can build events uh, that way. And with his only son, it was easy because, yes, it's a three-day journey. And as the time passes, uh, we're going back many, many times through flashback and witnessing um, earlier parts of Abraham's life. So on one hand, in the, the main line of the movie, you're journeying to Mount Moriah on that three-day journey. But at, through flashback, you're journeying those 25 years that him and his wife Sarah had to wait for the birth of their son. So you're making your way to the birth of Isaac and to the sacrifice of Isaac in the same film. And so that also helps to fill the time with true events from Scripture that you're seeing. So you're not having to add as much conjecture. You're just filling it with other parts of Scripture. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, from certainly, you know, as it's looked from your perspective, from a Christian point of view, and, and as we mentioned, you know, the, uh, this is a huge, important story for the Jewish faith as well as for the, the Christian faith yes. as well. But that, that part of this is, um, and again, we, we acknowledge that there's a lot of people who, who are maybe in church and know these stories well, and some who maybe are listening who, who don't know much at all. But this is very much a, a, a sort of a foreshadowing of Jesus sacrifice and what the the you know what God yes. the Father has allowed his son and and but actually did allow his son to be sacrificed for all of us as the yes. the, the eventual and the final salvation for each of us as we trust in him and so you've weaved that in there beautifully as well um, I, I'm guessing from your heart and from what I know of you that that was obviously something you always wanted <laughs> to make sure you did absolutely because like I said before I wanted to get to what was going on one in Abraham's mind so I, I the whole film is played like you really get into the mind of Abraham but most importantly it's what the Lord was pointing to and you even get that in the title and the title is not like something I slapped onto the film his only son that's something the Lord calls Isaac Abraham's only son three times in one chapter but we know that Abraham also had Ishmael um, 14 years before Isaac so why would he call Isaac his only son, but he, the Lord was pointing to something explicitly that we, that to grab our attention. He repeats it three times that he's his only son, because there's a picture of something. There is a, there is a three day journey. Whereas figuratively Isaac, the son of Abraham is dead to his father for three days, because it says in Hebrews chapter 11 in the new Testament that, that he, that Abraham figuratively received Isaac back from the dead when, when, when the Lord told him, no, you don't have to sacrifice. So it was a figurative resurrection. So what does that mean? That that three-day journey, there was a figurative death for three days. And we know that Christ was dead for three days and he was resurrected on the third day. But not only that, you see it's the same hill. You're going to Mount Moriah, which is Jerusalem. And so so in, in the sacrifice, the wood of the sacrifice of the burnt offering was put onto Isaac's back. Isaac had to carry the wood up the hill, just like Christ himself had to carry the wood of the sacrifice, the cross, up the same hill. And then he was laid upon the wood. Isaac was laid upon the wood, and Christ was laid upon the wood and then nailed on it and hoisted up. Um, and then uh, there's a really, really awesome moment in in the in the film you see but you see it in scripture when they're making their way up the hill isaac's got the wood on his back and he turns 
to Abraham, his father, and he says, my father, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham says, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. And they make their way up the hill. We know that the Lord says, no, you don't have to do it. He stays Abraham's hand. And then Abraham looks behind him and sees a ram caught in a thicket. But that wasn't a lamb. That was a ram. It's not only two different English words. It's two different Hebrew words if you look at the Hebrew. So when Abraham is talking about the Lord would provide a lamb, that ram wasn't the provision. And we get that further that that, that was even in Abraham's mind. We see later that uh, right after that, Abraham calls the place the Lord will provide future tense. And then Moses, who's writing down the account, for those that don't realize, Moses is actually writing down Genesis centuries later. He says, therefore, it's said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Still future tense. So where was the lamb? Well, you see the lamb show up again in, in, in Isaiah 53, which is 700 years before Christ. But then when Christ comes on the scene 2,000 years ago for us, 2,000 years after Abraham, which is really neat. Abraham was just as removed from Christ as we are today, which is really cool to think about within the broad scope of, of, of God's whole plan of redemptive history and his plan for humanity. Um, but you have Jesus show up on the scene, and he comes to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is going to baptize him at the River Jordan. John the Baptist looks at Christ and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's the Lamb. The Lamb was provided. And, uh, and he went through that three-day that, well, that three in the grave and in literal resurrection um, after giving up his life. And the Lord didn't stay his hand. The Lord actually took the life of the Son, and the Son took on himself the sins of all those who would believe. Um, and so that we can get his life because he took our sin and death. Um, if, if, and we just get that through faith. And, and all this, is, if you watch the film, this is, this is clearly talked about. There's conversations that are had, and, um, and hopefully it, just, it, it, it gives some insight into what was going on there, but also draws people to go and search, search the word for themselves. That's all. You, know, you just lead people to the word, and, and, um, and people, if they're interested, can pick it up for themselves. I absolutely love that. And uh, if perhaps you're sitting there too and you're like, hey, look, as I'm listening, I, I want to know a bit more and I, I don't know who to talk to. Well, uh, call our care line. That's why they're there for you just to have a chat, uh, maybe direct you to somebody, uh, direct you to the best place to read or to, to look at if you just want to be with somebody. And something David said, I said, yeah, I'd like to find out a bit more, but I don't know where to start. Well, you can call them 9583-2273, 9583-CARE use the letter pad on your phone uh, david what i do love is that i uh, my understanding is that you're a big superman fan and uh you know he's, he's this awesome superhero but uh, <laughs> but you're the the best uh, i don't think you can be more passionate about the the ultimate superhero in jesus the way you're describing him right like the, the, there's so much passion as you tell that story yeah. i like man you did your research i gotta tell you something <laughs> Man, that's funny. Uh, you're the only person in all the interviews that ever brought that up. So good on you. I am a Superman fan. Been a Superman fan for a long, long time. I love because you want to talk about a. There's a beautiful picture of Jesus in that to a certain extent as well. Um, you know, as far as the only son sent from uh, from the heavenly 
father uh, and, uh, and and he comes and saves the world. Now, now you don't want to say that's a loose, loose interpretation, yeah, yeah. but you're right. There is no, there is no comparison. He's, Christ isn't a superhero. He's the only hero, right? We are all, we all, and all we need to do is just, is just seek, reach out. And, uh, and he will save us from not only our sin now, but from an eternity without him. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> good job. That, no, was, no, no. that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> hey, David, one last question for me. I've got plenty more because I, I actually want to talk about how you painted the little prop sets and all those sorts of things, but we're going to have to leave that. People might have to just go online and see videos of you painting various things and doing stuff like that because I, I do want to finish on, um, is there a story, somebody's story, and we understand you might not be able to use their name, but who has seen the film and, and had an impact that's really touched you. I'm sure that there's been plenty of them, but I, I always love hearing uh, the impact of these sorts of moments. Um, it helps us perhaps think about things in a different ways. Is there a favourite story of impact from someone watching the film? Oh, well, it, there's a number that just um, really touched me. I mean, actually, with the first weekend it came out, we did a lot of theatre visits where we would just show up and show up at the theatre and see people as they were coming out thinking and watch the film. And did you see the amount of grown burly men coming out not being able to speak and in tears um it's just so moving because i never knew it would touch men so much and touch women and both and, and they take away different things from the film and it touches them both deeply but actually one of the things that, that i that i think on the most one of my favorite comments from from people and actually came before the movie ever even came out someone had commented on social media and they said i have always struggled even as a christian i've always struggled with why God would tell Abraham to sacrifice his son. And then I read the title for this movie, and it all became clear. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, praise the Lord. That's like, even in the title, the Lord is using that to give people a greater understanding of his redemptive plan, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Love it. I'm sure that as more people uh, here in Australia watch His Only Son as well, that they will hear more of those sorts of stories. David, we've uh, taken up plenty of your time. Thank you so much for uh, you know the, uh, the passion and the zest to make these sorts of films and having a, a, the time to chat with us again this evening as well. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get to do this in person at some point. Sounds to be really cool. Sounds like a great plan. His only son by David Helling, my guest here on eighty nine point nine, the light.